Hello, listeners. Welcome to The Defectives Club, a bubblegumshoe actual play podcast brought to you by Brain Adventures. The Defectives Club is a story about four teenage mystery solvers who must stop an unseen force targeting their school's faculty while dealing with the drama of senior year and trying to figure out their futures and what that means for their friend group. Let's meet our senior sleuths. Hello, I am Am. You can find me on loads of TTRPG stuff like our rendezvous with Destiny and Deck of Many Aces. I am playing Evelyn Falk, a wannabe Miss Marple team, and the case that we're recounting today is called the Closet Case. Hello, my name is Icarus. Uh, shout out to my lovely, lovely friends. I know you're listening. Do not make fun of me, I beg. I am going to be playing Elliot Dune, who is the group's little Velma. He's a conspiracy theorist who has yet to get a conspiracy correct. The closet case? Is that what you said? Okay, I'm getting the vibe of like, this was absolutely in the theater. 100%. An outfit went missing the night of a big show. Hey everyone, I'm Izzy Rebels from Brain Adventures, and I play Teddy Call. Teddy is a Native American slacker, pothead, and paranormal investigator. The case-breaking clue from the closet case... Oh my god. The case-breaking clue was a set of muddy footprints leading from the costume department of the theater all the way to the local cemetery. Hey, man, I'm Sebastian Arado from the Dice Center, and I'm playing Casper Crow, the squad's resident theater kid who's all good at making costumes, doing haircuts, and doing his best to distance themselves from the group. Um, the culprit was John Hassendorf, who stole the night costume to start freaking people out at the cemetery. Couldn't tell you why he thought the night costume was a good idea to freak people out with, but he wasn't the smartest jock on the team. Nice. Very true. Very true. We did it. We did it, gang. We did it. Good job, gang. Solve the mystery. Solve the mystery. Podcast over. Done. We did it. We did it, guys. Good job. job. Solve the difficult mystery of following (laughs) muddy footprints from the start of the mystery to the end. Here's one of our earlier cases. Okay, we're starting from freshman year and working our way up. Give us a break. (laughs) We have eight episodes of this shit. (gasps) Izzy said a bad word. Put a dollar in the swear bear. (laughs) Gogan, you still have to do that last part. The last part? Oh, me. I introduced myself. (laughs) I was like, hey, we did it. Who are you? I bought this voice. (laughs) Who are you? And I'm Logan Arneson. I am the GM for this season. We are doing Bubble Gumshoe System, not Dungeons and Dragons this time. So I hope you follow our Rules Light campaign of the Defectives Club. Our story begins in a small town outside of Seattle, Washington, called Thought Touch. Summer break has just come to a close, and school's about to start. The little town over the summer was rocked by the Defectives Club, their first big case. The mayor was using the construction of new school buildings and demolition of the old school buildings to hide the fact that he was embezzling money. People lost their jobs, left town. The mayor had been mayor for over 30 years, so the town is very divided on how they feel about these kids. We zoom in a little apartment across from the fire department, the home of Elliot. It's early morning, and Elliot's dad Thomas is in the kitchen. The best way to describe Thomas, I think, would be to say, picture John Cena, but as a redhead. 
Thomas is making a huge breakfast. What's Elliot up to? Elliot was absolutely up way too late last night. Usually it is because there's a case that 100% needs to be solved, or there's a theory that he thought of at midnight, and he's trying to write it all down in his notes, put it up on his board. Yes, he has a board. But last night, I think it was um, nerves. The nerves of not just the school year starting again, but this being the last school year start. I think he, all summer, has been very jittery thinking about senior year because he's getting vibes that perhaps after senior year, this is all gone. He's not really sure how he feels about that yet. So he was up absolutely not having a panic attack. There's a lot of things he has to figure out and something very important he has to say to somebody and he still does not know how to say that yet. So I think when he comes downstairs, he looks visibly tired, especially to his father. His dad's probably going to pick up on that real fast. But, um, I mean, he, he got ready, you know? He's got nice white long sleeve shirt, a little blue vest on, dresses very formal for somebody who's just going to high school. And I think he might be cleaning off his glasses before he puts them on as he's coming down the steps. Backpack full, packed up with textbooks and empty notebooks waiting to be doodled in and filled up. I think he just kind of wanders in to the kitchen, just, morning. Morning, Elliot. How you doing? Els? Ellie? Elliot? Uh, I got yeah. breakfast ready for you. Thanks. Yeah. What, what's he making? Doing full waffles, sausage, bacon, eggs, huge spread. You know, could probably feed four or five people. Yeah. He's probably going to look over the array of food and just, you know, there's only two of us, right? Uh, yeah. I just, so I'm going to be working late at the fire department and I just wanted right. to make sure there were plenty of leftovers in case I don't get up in time tomorrow and, you know, sure. the, yeah. you know have a snack when you get home. Right, yep. Um, Something for lunch and dinner and dinner again and breakfast. And, and you don't don't have to eat this all in, like, consecutive. You can break it up, um, th- you know, mac and cheese. I mean, you know That's we right, have yeah, things. I, you know where the I, cupboard I, is. Yeah, I, I, can, I can cook. Uh, do you, do you, do you want to go out and eat all? Uh, I can I can give you some money. Uh, you know, if, if I do, I will. Uh, I, got, I got money, you know? So it's fine. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, you're looking smart today. <laughs> um, Thanks. No, no. No word on yet from uh, any colleges, but I will keep you posted as soon as uh, any mail arrives for you. Right. Thank you. Hey, I love you. <laughs> I love you too, kid. I think since this that big case broke out, a lot of people, you know, have distanced themselves from Elliot. And I think he's been worried about that, like, backfiring on his dad at work and stuff. So he's been saying I love you a lot more frequently since then, just to have the validation reaffirming both to himself and to his father that hey we got each other even if the whole world turns their back on us kind of thing i'm gonna cry you're gonna make (laughs) me cry so i i know we don't really talk about this much but i mean does it bother you you don't have a mom i just i i try my best to like make sure you have everything you need and i just i I sometimes just get worried no it's um i've never thought about it so that, that's gotta mean you're doing it right. It's never <laughs> like on my mind. So no, I don't. I suppose. I, don't even I know mean, what, uh, I'd even say to her, you know, besides where where you've been, but yeah. it matters. I mean, you. as you know, I I went through and got a surrogacy because I didn't want to wait to right have you in my life, and I just I sometimes 
think that might have been the wrong decision. I don't know. I just see you growing up. I'm getting sentimental. Your last year in high school, and you know, oh, I feel like yeah. a parent just reflects. I'm sorry. You, really, you have school to get yeah, you. No, just, dad, you're my dad, and you're all I've needed, and you're all I'm gonna need. All right. He picks you up in his big burly arms and yeah. gives you a big hug, lifts you full off the ground. A hundred percent, yeah. Elliot, compared to his father, not uh, does not have the jock build. You know what I mean? He's very skinny, <laughs> probably a little little short, but yeah, he probably is is very used to and welcomes these types of hugs from his dad. So he just wraps his arms around his neck and holds him tight until he feels his feet touch the ground again. <laughs> and uh, let's go. You have a, a good day and uh, enjoy your last first day of high school. He was smiling, and it falters just a little bit, but then he perks right back up. Yeah, uh, gonna go see the group, I hope, if they're not all too busy, so that'll be nice. Haven't really seen them all summer, so. Alright. Gives you kind of like a half salute, yeah, half wave, and give it right back. <laughs> hands you your lunch. Aww. Yeah, I think I, I think I will eat breakfast. I'll have a waffle or two before I head out the door. Um, <laughs> but yeah, how far is my home, my apartment from the school. Is it within walking distance? Yeah. Okay, then yeah. I'll start my little trail to school. Alright. I'm not going after that. It's <laughs> not happening. <laughs> we already established the order. So we will zoom out and we're going to zoom back in on Main Street on a, a lovely little barber shop and the apartment housed above it. And we zoom in to find Casper getting ready for school. Casper is already ready for school. He is sitting in his room at his desk. His bag is at their feet. They're kind of like dressed head to toe in a yellowed sweater, black slacks. They have their sneakers off the side a bit, just ready to put on whenever they're ready to run out. Casper is an Indo-American kid, long, fluffy black hair that kind of goes to like the mid neck. It's often held up with a little hairband. He just kind of looks, it looks like he's having a time. They're looking over at this paper in front of them, tapping a pencil against the desk, kind of like silently. There's only one way that they thought they could get out of this, and it was a resignation letter from the Defectives Club, or sorry, the Detectives Club. And they have no way how to break a plate with it. He doesn't know what they want to do anymore about this club, especially given all that's happened. They're kind of terrified about the new senior year, and they're kind of even more terrified about facing their father about it, who is unfortunately a police officer. So after like a good minute, he just crumples the letter, scratches out a couple names, tosses in the trash, gets up, picks his bag up, uh, and they walk over to the door, kind of take a beat, listening very carefully to see if their father is home or, or out of the apartment. You'll hear from the other room, just kind of like a light snore. You can tell your dad worked late again. Since the mayor got taken down, a lot of the police force also were wrapped up in it. And so he's been on overtime like crazy the whole summer trying to sort through files and find any cover-ups that have been made through the police department. So he has to go through and sort through every file that's been in the last 30 years. And it's kind of been put upon him because you're his son and it was kind of your fault this happened so the police department is taking it out on him damn yeah cold there's this pang of guilt that casper feels whenever he always comes in listening to his father snoring through his bedroom door but there's not really much he can do about that what's done is done and he has to accept that the only thing he can do at this point is make up to him by getting out of this town casper tosses his bag over the shoulder grabs his shoes off the floor makes his way out very very quietly very purposely keeping his socks on not to make any noise because any little creak while their father's asleep is 
not the greatest. They put the shoes off by the door, reach into the fridge, grab a pre-wrapped brown bag that he packed last night of crustables, maybe. It just kind of slides shoes on, is afraid to get out the door, kind of looking for their keys, and this kind of... As you get your lunch out of the fridge, you notice that there is a note and some papers magneted to the fridge, and it just says, Hey Casper, work late again, sorry. I printed out the application for that fashion school in New York. If you fill it out, I'll mail it when I get up. It's pinned up on the fridge too? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Dad. Casper pulls the paper from the fridge, kind of like reaches into one of their bags and pulls out a pen, starts filling in the information for a bit, sees that maybe this might take longer than they thought it would, and they kind of just fold it very neatly, put it in one of their folders and kind of take it with them if the fall during the lunch period. As you exit, you see the cardboard on the window and think back to the night your dad and you were just, had gotten takeout, you know, some pizza and we're chilling. And your dad was kind of talking about how impressed he was that you cracked like a real case. And maybe you have the makings to follow in his footsteps and your mother's footsteps and become a police officer. And then a rock smashed through the window and it just said, get out. Yeah. There might have been that one time where Cash was like, yeah, I could totally be Detective too. I could totally be a cop. Everyone in the, in the Detectives Club has always been so helpful and so great with these cases. And then it just got way too real, way too fast. So he thinks back on that resignation letter from the Detectives Club a bit more and kind of in their head while they're walking out of the apartment, down like the set of stairs into like the barber shop, which is not open yet, way too early in the morning. And I don't think they're opening anytime soon. Just like wording it out in their head. I'm sorry to say, I will unfortunately be splitting from the Detective Club this year. But that's a later thing. Now he's got to focus on dealing with the hell that is senior year of high school. As you exit your aunt's barbershop, you stop and you look at your mother's memorial photo. Your mom, Cassandra, was a police officer, and then she retired from the force to spend more time while raising you, and was part-time as a bail bonds person. She died in a car accident when you were pretty young still. See you when I get home, Mom. Now we zoom away from this apartment into the more homey cul-de-sac area where there's a large home and a bustle happening as three kids get ready for their day and the home with two moms, the home of Evelyn Folk. Evelyn, how are you getting ready for school? Evelyn's probably already ready. What she might be doing is she's bought some of those Starbucks coffee cups, the like ones, and she's usually... In previous years, because her mums have a little bit more money, she's been like, you know, taking everyone's coffee orders for the morning, bringing it with everyone. This year, she's making them at home and making them look like she got them from Starbucks a little bit. You know, she's just trying to make them look like they're from the store, but it's just instant coffee that she grabbed out the cupboard, setting them in one of those those little trays, and just sort of, you know, trying to be as discreet as possible. She's quite short. She's about like five foot three. She's got like a little blonde bob and. She is dressed a little bit old-fashioned. She's got like one of those big uh, blazers with like shoulder pads, some little pearl earrings, like very serious grandma chic. And is just kind of, yeah, getting and uh, making her way to sort of slip out of the house as quietly as possible. Her mum, one of her mums usually gives her a lift, but she's, you know, trying to establish that independence. She's like, I'll just go on my bike, it will be fine. Your family this summer, after the whole mayor debacle, had taken a little trip to uh, London. Yes. London. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be London abroad, but due to your mother losing her job at the mayor's office, not because she did anything wrong, but just the mayor got caught. A lot of people just didn't have jobs at the office anymore. They couldn't afford that trip. So instead, they went to visit your grandparents in London, Canada. 
This is still London. Yes. This, she went to London this summer. As you're creeping past your parents' bedroom, you hear both your moms talking. Viola is asking if Ruth thinks the bakery will be enough to cover all the bills this month. Ruth doesn't think so. She suggests maybe they skip the electric bill this month. They can't miss any of the other bills again. Hmm. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. But you can tell they're whispering. They're trying to be super quiet about it. Yeah. I think if she sees her little sister sort of going anywhere near there, she's going to just kind of like distract her and steer her away from the room. Yeah, you see your sister, Edie, and your brother, Eddie. They're both in the living room talking and they're like chatting. Last year, he started his college at Seattle U, the University of Seattle. And so he wasn't home much last year, but over the summer, he decided to come back for the trip. And then after the trip, he decided to stick around for a while, you know, to just help out how he can. Yeah. Your siblings all have a little bit uh, more adult names like you, but they go by their shorter names. Your uh, older brother, Edgar, and your sister, Edith, all E's in this family, but they go by their less old people names. Mm, not me. Uh, one thing to note for the audience about your siblings is they are both child prodigies. Oh yeah, big time. Eddie is extremely smart and athletic. He got a full ride scholarship to Seattle U and is studying both zoology and physics. And then Edie is, this is her freshman year in high school, but she's already starting to take some college level art classes remotely and she's extremely talented in singing and dance and just drawing art in general and i'm here too middle child syndrome 100 percent. so once they notice you're there they both say good morning how are you evelyn um i'm all right i'm just gonna go and get my bike uh edie see you there oh i edgar Double finger guns kind of starts to leave. I, I thought we would uh, go together. Well, yeah, but you know, um, the environment. So I should probably, you know, cars are not good. Um, so I should take my bike. You should too. I'll see you there. Goodbye. Uh, okay. Eddie just kind of gives you a wink because he's been through that with you before. I give him like a full on glare. You are not congenial with me. You are not on my side. And she's just out the door. You will notice one less car in the driveway as you leave. After the trip, your parents used to have a car each, and they sold one of their cars to help pay for some of the bills. Your parents have been extremely supportive and proud of yeah. you for what you did, because you stopped a bad person from doing a bad thing. But you can tell it's been hard on them. Yeah, I think... Evelyn's kind of in a place where she's just sort of refusing to acknowledge or accept that. She's like, I did the right thing and nothing went wrong ever and everything is fine. Alright, and now we'll pan over to the animal rescue that has been converted from a two-story home into pretty much just an animal rescue on the first floor and on the second floor, a house slash apartment, the call home. Teddy, what are you doing this morning? Uh, what is Teddy doing this? What what time are we talking exactly? Uh, school starts at eight fifteen, so this is like seven thirty. Okay, cool. So Teddy's not gonna wake up until like eight. What time you say school start? Eight fifteen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Teddy's not gonna wake up till like eight o two. 
And that's not with an alarm. That's probably just Zagwa licking Teddy's face to wake up. Yeah, Zagwa's like jumping at you, going, like licking you and pawing at you because Zagwa knows you need to get up and go to school. Zugwa's the punctual one. Teddy's just <laughs> Teddy's just here, occupying humanoid spaces. Why don't you uh, tell the audience who slash what Zugwa is? For sure. So Zugwa is Teddy's pet tree squeak. Tree squeak being uh, a type of actual real life cryptid in this world. Uh, tree squeaks specifically are, it's basically a combination between a chameleon and like a ferret kind of thing. So it's mammalian mainly, but it, it's definitely got like some reptile aspects. Like Zugwa's eyes are kind of almost like three pupils in one eye. And Zugwa constantly changes color to like fit the environment. Zugwa, as all tree squeaks do, can camouflage to, you know, change and better hide in their environment. And then Zugwa, uh, as a tree squeak, can also mimic sounds. So maybe Zugwa is making, it's like mimicking the sound of like a rooster or something. <laughs> mm, yes, great sound effect. Yeah, so Teddy does wake up. Teddy here is uh, 17 years old, as I believe most, if not all, of the Defectives Clubs are now. Uh, now that we're in our senior year, which Teddy is totally not prepared for and is honestly surprised that he's made it this far. Teddy is a Native American young man. He goes by he, they pronouns. Teddy's just a big mess. He's a slob. He's a bit of a sloth kind of person. You know, they've got a lot of very stereotypical stoner, skater, shaggy from Scooby-Doo vibes going on. So there's like half-eaten candy stuff, like a bunch of wrappers and everything just littered all around his room. And uh, it's just, it's, it's a vibe. It's hardcore Teddy's vibe and he's proud of it. He has not showered in like three days and he's proud of it. <laughs> yeah, Zugwa totally like collects your candy wrappers and your junk and starts them into piles that he like nests on on occasion. <laughs> so you have soda bottles that he likes to like hide in and play with. <laughs> and then you have like your candy wrapper pile that Zegwa will like climb on your bed and then like jump into because Zegwa likes the sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh. Zegwa's big into color coding things so that he can camouflage the appropriate color for each pile. As you get up, uh, you hear some racket from downstairs. The few animals that are at the animal rescues have not been fed yet this morning. Ah, oh, gosh, I forgot about Tiffany and Halo and Rasputin. Uh, uh, come on, Zegwa, we gotta go. Teddy speaks aloud the command Atla, which is a very imperfect pronunciation of the Lachutzi word for come or come here, as Teddy is very rusty with his indigenous language. Then Zagwa just like jumps into Teddy's big pink hoodie, which Teddy of course slept in. Zagwa then camouflages into the hoodie because that's like their routine as Teddy has been bringing Zagwa with him to school pretty much ever since they met back in freshman year. So we're gonna go ahead and head down to the animal rescue. Teddy hasn't eaten breakfast yet, but Teddy's just like, I gotta feed the animals first and then I can worry about me. And Zagwa is included with that. So we'll get down there. Uh, there's a uh, raccoon and a possum that just had babies. Oh and there's 
there's a, a crow that was hit by a car that's wing is almost fully on the mend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Tiffany is the raccoon, Halo is the crow, and Rasputin is the possum. So Teddy gets the designated different type of foods for each animal and is very careful in how he you know approaches some of them. Like Teddy knows that Rasputin, having been pregnant, has been super defensive and very mom mode of like, you can't come near me and my babies. And Teddy's super chill and respectful of that. Teddy's actually gonna get Zugwa to like bring the food to Rasputin. Uh, and then Teddy will focus on Halo and Tiffany to make sure that they're taken care of. Uh, looks like Halo's recovering pretty well, pretty well. Teddy's like making some notes, just like on random, like a burger wrapper on the counter. And he's like, this is for Elliot to see later because Elliot works part-time at the, the animal rescue and Elliot's more the like paper document person. <laughs> so uh, all of the notes that Teddy leaves for Elliot are always on various different types of wrappers or just anything that's not actually like a piece of paper. So Elliot only works weekends because Elliot's dad was like, you know, I want you to focus on school. You're super smart. I don't want you to like jeopardize that. But weekends are yours to do what you want with. He was trying to set that boundary, but not wanting to be overbearing. And then you have a couple of other employees that work during the week while you're at school that come in after you leave. And you just found out recently that you'll be getting an intern from Seattle U that's studying zoology. Oh, do I have any idea who this intern is? Oh, you certainly do. Oh my gosh. Ah. So you know that after school today, when you get back, Evelyn's older brother, Eddie, is going to be there. Okay. Um, for his, like, sign-on paperwork and everything. Yeah. As soon as, I, as soon as I'm done feeding the animals, I grab one of the, like, dog brushes and I start brushing my hair. And I'm just like, okay, okay, chill out. It's okay, it's okay. Eddie's cool. We've seen Eddie before. Eddie's a nice guy. Eddie, he's... He, he's super chill, and, and and that's it, right, Zagwa? And I look at Zagwa, like, desperately looking for affirmation. Zagwa, like, looks at you and turns pink and runs in a circle and then, like, starts licking your face. All right, deep breath. You're right, you're right. I'm good. We're good. Eddie's gonna love it here. Everybody loves it here. This is the animal rescue. Who wouldn't want to spend all their times with animals? Like, <laughs> right? It is... A good thing to note for the audience that though it may seem weird that a high schooler is running an animal rescue, you aren't actually the owner. Mm -hmm. The animal rescue is financially supported by your tribe Mm -hmm. um, thanks to the work of your mom and her best friend who also works at the school as the history teacher. You currently do not have a great relationship with her because... Five years ago, your mom left on an expedition because she was a cryptozoologist and she did not return. A year ago, your dad left to go look for her because some more information came to light that could mean she's still alive. He was going to take you with him, but the history teacher, Mrs. Kaga, convinced him that you need to stay behind and finish high school. So he left you in charge of the animal rescue, saying that he would be back in a few months. It's a good time to note that he normally checks in once a week, and today is one day past his one-week check-in. Yeah, I do go to the, like, I, I head back upstairs, and I, I, I do, like, you know, kind of quickly rustle up something for me to eat. I see in the refrigerator that there's, like, a casserole or whatever, and I know it's from Mrs. Gaga because she has the keys to my house, and she often does just drop off meals and stuff for me. And I see it, and I look at it, and I just kind of stare at it for a few seconds, and I grab it, and I just, I just throw it away. Full, like, Tupperware, everything in the trash. Don't have time for this. Don't have time to think about that. And then I rush over to the table, I grab like a Pop-Tart, and I go to check the 
not high tech, but like the very like fancy professional like radio system that me and my dad have been using to keep in contact. And I guess I'm not seeing any messages or anything from him. Nope. Um, you'll do your your call to him like you did the past couple of mornings. No response. I say this is call calling call. <laughs> I just like repeat that like three or four times. <laughs> Each time is a little more monotone and sad than the last. No response. I think I just, I don't even put the like talky part down. I just, I'm like, okay, dad, well, today's uh, first day of senior year. Um, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish out the school year. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you proud. Uh, I, I know that everything, everything is gonna turn out okay because it has to. And I know that I'll talk to you soon because I, I know you can hear me. And I, I look at Zugwa again for some affirmation. Zugwa is face first in the trash, eating out of that Tupperware. Not helpful. <laughs> That's a traitor's casserole. How dare you, Zugwa? <laughs> right? I like hang up the talky part and I just start snacking on my Pop-Tart. I grab my skateboard, uh, I call Zugwa and I just head out the animal rescue on the first floor and get on my skateboard and go. I know that Shelby will be by in uh, like an hour or two to actually like start up the animal rescue. You uh, do some cool tricks as you skateboard to school and your friends are waiting for you out front. Uh, You all see Teddy late as usual. The bell's going to ring in like two minutes. (laughs) It's like 8.17. Like who's going to get to school right at 8.15? Every other student in in our graduating class. (laughs) 8.15 is when, like, the bell rings, and then you have 10 minutes to get to class. So the bell's already rung as you see Teddy comes up in the distance. I see them, and I I rush even more on the skateboard, because we, none of us have seen each other this entire summer. If I remember correctly, at least enough of our parents were upset enough about what just transpired at the end of junior year that they were like, you cannot do the Defectives Club over the summer. Yeah. You gotta take a break. I think for a lot of them, it was less mad or upset and more worried about your safety a lot of people in town are very upset a lot of people lost their jobs a lot of chaos has happened that's why evelyn's family decided to still take their trip even though they really couldn't afford it they were like we need to get out of town but anyway yeah so i i write up hey everybody happy senior itis <laughs> happy I, I senior very wordlessly hand teddy whatever his regular drink um, is um, I'm pretty sure senioritis is supposed to kick in like towards the end of senior year, not right at the start. Yeah, I'll do a check in when we get around June. I'll let you know how I'm feeling then. Uh, That doesn't sound right. I'm pretty sure senioritis hits like two days before senior year does. Just FYI. Who who told you that? Uh, Teddy's regular drink, by the way, is a hot cocoa that is mm. chilled, uh, just completely yes, cold, very good. with a lot of whipped cream at the top. Chocolate milk. You're yeah. describing chocolate milk. With a lot of whipped cream at the top <laughs> for Zugway. Yeah, oh. Zugway, like, as you're drinking, is, like, lapping at the... Yeah. The, the, the We're oh. drinking from the cup at the same time. Oh, oh, okay. Aw. Thanks, Evelyn. So how was everybody's summer? Uh, yeah, it was fine. London was very cool. It was awesome. It was so, so cool to be there. It was really sick. Uh... Uh, what? Why are you sound weird? Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think anything is wrong. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Casper's kind of shrugs and looks at Elliot, Elliot and Teddy. And it's like, this is just regular business for Evelyn. British accent. It's fine. True. Yeah. Teddy yeah. thinks back to last year when Evelyn was like going through that whole like fedora phase. 
and was just like, oh, yeah. I get it. And Teddy says this audibly out loud. Oh, I get it. Okay, cool. Right, I'm on yeah. board. Uh-huh. Yeah, clearly senioritis affects your hearing. So mm-hmm. are we going to go to... Yep. Cl- I mean, we could have a meeting instead. Like, what's, you guys, what's the focus of this year? Yeah, I mean, like... We all got our emails with our class schedules. Have you actually checked yours yet? Because I haven't checked mine. Yeah, I, did. I forgot uh, my email. Shit. All right. I checked it all off and I made sure that like, okay, so there's 10 minutes between this class. I have two minutes to get from the third floor all the way down to the first floor. So I got to figure that out like right now. But you can take the express uh, staircase in the far back of the school by the gym. In the past years since you guys formed the group, you've pretty much had all the same classes minus some like focus for what you want to go to school for. And as you compare class schedules quick, you realize you have no classes together. The teachers slash principal must have separated you all for every single class. Whoa. I am absolutely talking to Principal Deli about this. This is fucking ridiculous. Good luck. Fucking shit, dude. Like, Deli's gonna want to talk to us. He's gonna claim that he has something going on. Deli's probably This is political. It's absolutely a political decision, and it's stupid. Him is. It's because he hates animals. It's because he fucking hates animals. It's because he hates progress. I think it's more so because he hates us. us. Collectively as a group. Yeah. Uh, guys, open your brains. We are animals. Come on. <laughs> I'm going to class. <laughs> I was like, you guys have two minutes before the f- final bell rings. Yeah. Yep, let's go. Okay. I think that's a good point. Cash's like, all right, it's too early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Sit from his coffee, half and half and sugar. This goes to class. I think Elliot's there for a, a, another minute just arguing with Teddy about the concept of that before he <laughs> realizes, shit, I have to get to the second floor, like, in 30 seconds and takes off we're gonna start with teddy you see that your first class is history mm-hmm. cool. mrs kaga uh, well first thing i do as soon as the like second bell rings that says we need to be like in class in our seats i'm going to very casually just stroll up to my locker i guess this is the locker i had last year is it still my i try and open it does it open Yep, the combination works. Okay, cool. Is there anybody else's stuff in here yet? Nope, it's empty. It's still yours. Sweet. So I go ahead, out of my backpack, I take out one of the many things in there, and it's just a bunch of, like, newspaper clippings mixed with burger wrappers and stuff like that. Like, it's just a bunch of nothing. And I just set it up for Zagwa to have in case he wants to nest in there uh, during, like, lunch or something. Uh, Yeah, and I just really take my time setting up my locker and maybe after like a good like eight minutes, I guess I should probably get to class now. And then I take the long way. As you come in, Miss Kaga is in mid-welcome speech. She is proud of her heritage and dresses in a modern indigenous style. She stands just a little bit taller than you with shoulder length black hair and glasses perched about part way down her nose. She glances at you and continues to talk, but you notice she starts to spin her wedding band that her wife made her. This is something you know Miss Kaga does in order to keep calm when she starts to feel a bit stressed or nervous. Now that you're here, she starts to wrap up the welcome speech. In short, I teach history a little differently than most. History was written by the colonizers and the conquerors, and predominantly through a white patriarchal lens. So we're going to try and look through some other lenses and broaden your perspectives. Thank you for joining us, Teddy. Teddy does not acknowledge. I'll need to speak to you after class. Then she proceeds to hand out the syllabus. On there is a list of books like Afro-Indigenous History of the United States by Kyle T. Mays, From Sand Creek by Simon J. Ortz, Even As We Breathe by Annette Sunuk Clapsaddle, and How the World is Passed by Clint Smith. 
You'll notice almost all these books are written by black and indigenous authors. This history class is typically taken by juniors and some sophomores, but you kind of put it off till now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. It is very difficult because Teddy does really respect Mrs. Kaga as number one, a fellow member of the tribe, specifically the Solis tribe with our like reservation set up just outside of the town borders. And so I really appreciate that she has gotten into education, that she is a woman of color who has managed to like break through those borders and is teaching actual history and is putting a good, fresh, healthy, and actually historically accurate perspective on all of that. That being said, Teddy is very petty about what has transpired between them. And so I'm feeling very conflicted on how I want to handle this class. But I, I, I do think Teddy is going to just be a bit of a baby for a little bit and just kind of sit there and sulk, but is going to follow along with like the class reading or whatever we're going to get into. But I'm not going to like it. <laughs> All right. Next, we're going to skip on over to Evelyn. You have math with Mrs. Arch. She is an older, God-fearing white woman. She's tough and kind of mean, but she really does want the best for her students. The gang does have a theory, though, that she killed her husband because she has not mentioned him in a very long time and even avoids bringing him up in conversation. Fine. Fine. Sure. Sure. Fine. I guess Evelyn's probably going to get there. Not Not after class starts, not as late as Teddy, but like... Definitely the last one in before she starts teaching, right at the back. You'll see the back is full and the only spot open is in the front right next to your ex-best friend, Beatrice, better known as B, queen of the theater department. B is a young Asian woman who also dresses kind of like an adult, but in a stylish way. You two were inseparable until B got the lead in the middle school play and decided that you were weighing her down and she needed to drop you from her friend group in order to climb the social ladder. You notice B looks at you, but then she pretends not to see you. Ooh, right at the gate. I'm gonna go to the back and ask someone to move. Uh, <laughs> let's let's yes. make a, a first roll of the game. Ooh. Can you roll? What am I rolling? Can you roll me growing up face? No. I mean I don't have it. I will roll it. I have negotiation. Um Ooh. yeah. Roll me some negotiation. Yay! I'm gonna use my dice tower for maximum audio. Right. Are you spending any points from your pool? No, I already rolled when I said that, so that would be disingenuous for me to add anything anyway. Um, but I rolled a three. I'm gonna give a counter roll. Yeah, there's a, a very like happy-go-lucky sophomore boy taking like advanced math, uh, and he's like, "Oh, uh, uh sure, ma'am." Holy <laughs> thinks, Holy oh, thinks you're that. an adult because yeah. the way you're dressed. <laughs> Absolutely not gonna correct him. And just go sits next to B, and like when he sits down, B looks back and just like scoffs and rolls her eyes at you because she I flip her off. Heard the interaction. Oh my god! And she just <laughs> uh, and you can like almost hear under your breath that she says something about your British accent being fake. Yeah. Mrs. Arch cracks a ruler on her desk, and she's like, "That is about enough disruption in my class." Now, back to the lesson. Because fully day one, she's already dived into teaching math, not even like ease anyone into it. It's And she goes over problems that you don't actually know how to solve yet because she hasn't taught you how to solve them, but she fully expects you all to already know. And then she kind of like glanced back. She's like, oh, also, Evelyn, uh, see me after class. Can I ask why? Um, do you want to talk about this now or do you want to wait until after class? 
I mean, I don't know what it is, so I don't know if I want to talk about it now. Okay, well, uh, since we already guess we're stopping class, we'll just get this out of the way. And she reaches behind her desk and she pulls out a box and she takes it to the back of the classroom and gives oh, it to no! you. And she's like, yeah. I heard about your family situation and I know you have an amazing style and taste. So I put a bunch of my old clothes I don't wear anymore for you. You know, I thought you could you know, change up your wardrobe a little bit. I know it's in your style because we dress very similar. May I have the bathroom pass? <laughs> oh, certainly. I'm once again. I'm so sorry about your mom. I'm just leaving the class and not coming back. And you just hear B cackling. She's yeah. laughing so hard. No. Um, I think Evelyn's gonna probably go and have a little cry in the bathroom. Did you take oh. the box with you? <laughs> she took the box and left it directly outside the classroom. Oh God, that's hurtful. That was amazing. Perfect. You know, sometimes you have a little cry with the box full clothes. You're gonna have a stress cry. Mm-hmm. On your yeah. first day of senior year? year? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to pan over to the English class with Mr. Marks, where Casper has class. Oh, thank God. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Elliot. I know who you have then. Um, Casper has been mentally preparing for this day since the start of the summer, since everything has kicked off. They are speedily walking up the stairs, going to class, takes a beat, hesitates to go inside, so they're just kind of standing outside uh, of, like, the door. They're fully just in view with their bright yellow sweater in the glass, hesitating to pull the door open. The door swings open, and Mr. Marks Ah! is like, Casper! Mr. Marks! Hello, sir! Um, Goes to, like, the hand five thing that you guys have practiced over the past couple years in the theater department. Mm Mm-hmm. Fist bump, twist, pull at the fingers. Gotta hook the thumbs, of course, into the little bird fingers, and then back into the uh, finisher. It's a four-step process, and every single one part needs to be completed perfectly. Mr. Mark <laughs> is quite flamboyant gay man, African-American, very well-dressed, and he is your biggest fan because you saved the theater department so much money by doing pretty much all the costume work. So you two have become very close over the years. All the days work. Ooh, child labor. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Casper uh, loves it. It's fine. I mean, that's how high school theater departments survive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm late. Uh, I uh, got caught up earlier. Um, I mean, you arrive exactly when you intend to, so I don't think you're late. He gives you a wink. Bugs with a smile and kind of steps into the classroom, then turns to go look for an empty seat, and then just sees everyone, those high school stares when you walk into the class late, you know what I mean? Immediately full with fear, and just kind of puts their head down and kind of makes their way to like the back of the class-ish area. It is Mr. Mark's class, however, his high school looks are intimidating as hell. Yeah. You know from in the past that out of all of the Defectives Club members, you definitely have the most like popularity sway, but with recent events over the summer, you have no idea how your standing in the social hierarchy is anymore. That's the scary part. Yeah, very unsettling. Just I was cool with everyone. Like no one really ever really bullied you, but now it's just like you don't know what to expect. The ultimate wild card. Am I going to get bullied? Mr. Marks heads to the front of the class and he kind of like looks around very gimmickly like you know he's up to something and he goes so instead of English today we're going to be discussing and he slides the whiteboard over and it's written in giant letters into the woods 
the musical. Oh my god, it's into the woods. No, fear. <laughs> wow. It's fully going off the core curriculum. Right mm. off the gate. That's yeah, Mr. Yeah. Marks for you. I am. Casper's unsurprised. Yeah, you know, day one is always <laughs> the announcement of the, the school play or musical, and Mr. Marks spends the whole day prepping everyone for auditions just to try and make sure as many people audition as possible. And then, like, the following day is when you actually get into English. <laughs> so you know today is just going to be another one of those. Here's, like, the lines we're going to be doing for auditions. Here's the song numbers that we'd like to hear from people. This is what we're looking for, audition pointers. It's, like, the whole nine yards. Casper's uh, keeping note of everyone who expresses interest and signs up proper, and he's taking note of all their measurements and stuff just for future reference. Doing their job. The class passes really, really uneventfully, a lot of fun. You notice people aren't as being friendly to you as they normally are, but people aren't, like, giving you any glares or anything. Okay, I will take that any day. And then we will pan over to science, where Elliot yeah! has class. Yes! Oh, yes! Okay, oh, yes, God. perfect. Um, you would think, being in this school for four years, he would know the fastest way to get to this classroom. He does not. He goes up the stairs and then realizes it's all the way on the other side of the hall. And there are stairs that way. He just didn't take them. So he books it down the hallway. He's maybe two minutes late coming in, but he doesn't really, he's not really concerned about that because he knows he's not going to get in trouble. He, I think he tries to open the door as quietly as he can because if she's begun teaching, he does not want to interrupt and then just kind of slides in. And I think maybe like the strap of his book bag gets caught on the doorknob and he just gets stuck there for a minute and starts jingling with it and is making more noise and more uh, like eyes on him than he meant. Hi! Right as you look up to say hi, a rocket spewing foam shoots past you and like splats against the wall. He looks at that and then looks back and it's just like, Ooh, we're doing something fun today. And at the front of the class, you see Miss Nova Antimani, who you know as Aunt Nova. Yes. She is a bright-haired gender as you, your dad's best friend, and major Miss Frizzle vibes if you've ever met someone that has them. A hundred percent. Yep, yep. And I mean, what, she's been here since I was little, right? So I, I kind of grew up with her. I know her really well. Yes. And I, I think even though I know there are eyes on me from the rest of the class right now, I'm just, I'm just looking at her. She's the only one that matters. I think all four years that I've had her, I have a very specific seat at the front. So <laughs> first going to look to see if that seat has been taken or not. You see it is roped off with safety goggles and like other things. It's just like placed around the spot. So it's just very like obvious. Like it looks like someone was sitting there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know, Miss Nova prepared that seat ahead of time for you. So that way no one would sit there. Oh, thank God. Yeah, Um. then he's immediately going to start beelining for that seat. But I mean, he's not taking his eyes off of her nor the undoubted mess of science experimentation going on at the front of the class. Miss Nova's like, and that's velocity! Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Absolutely it is. It's very exciting. What are we talking about? What's going on? What was that? Can I do that? Yes, we are all going to do that in just a moment. Logan, for a second I thought you said that's philosophy. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> yep, that's philosophy. Foaming rocket crashing into <laughs> It's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> philosophy of how fast this rocket can go. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> 
yep. yeah, if there's anything written on the board, he's already pulling out like folders, notebook. He has it's all color coded. Yep. Science is green. There so, are so many things on the board. Most of them do not relate to class. They're just random science facts. You know, every single day, Miss <laughs> Nova puts up like 30 different random science facts just to show how exciting and fun science can be. I think Elliot has a very specific way that he does notes when they're up on a board and it's almost like he takes a snapshot with his brain and just puts it down onto the paper exactly how it looks in front of him. So however messy it is, whatever is circled or underlined, he just kind of replicates that exactly onto his notebook paper. So even if there's nothing up there that pertains to what they're actually doing, whatever's up there, he's going to think, I'm going to use it eventually and puts it right down. As you're doing that, a wad of wet paper hits you in the back of the head, and you hear, guess you couldn't make it on time. Man, I really should have looked at the people in this class when I walked in, huh? I think he uh, goes to wipe that out of his, his hair. It's very curly, so he knows if he doesn't get that out, it's going to be impossible to get later. I think he knows better than to participate, but under his breath it's just like a at least I'm paying attention and I'm going to not fail this year like it's just to himself kinda I'm not gonna start shit out loud but to me I know what I said and therefore I got the last laugh kind of thing so you know this is Bryson a super senior who failed last year on the football team who has had it out for you pretty much since you were a freshman like they were a sophomore and he decided he was going to pick on solely you because you were wiry and a ginger and just a target. There's a lot to make fun of with this individual. I think he was kind of hoping, hey, I know a teacher, so I won't be bullied. But <laughs> if he's gone to like Principal Delhi and complained about it, absolutely nothing has changed. He's been like, oh, just ignore it. You know, he'll, he'll stop when you stop giving him attention. And he's not giving them attention and they're still doing it. So he's kind of like in that weird, like, okay, I'm just gonna have to get through this year and I'm never gonna see this asshole again. That's kind of where he is mm-hmm. mentally with this. But it's still like, God, one year, please, where I'm not bullied relentlessly by you that'd be great all right and so class passes by and the day kind of goes on more or less like this there's some glaring of people someone who is missing from the school casper is a certain supporting actress that has been in the department and your crush she is not at the school yeah casper's been thinking about that all day he hasn't talked to robin at all over the course of the uh summer even if there was it was always like hey how you doing and then it gets left on red for a couple of hours then responded to later it just kind of hurts when he's like sitting in class and they're looking around to see if robin's here and nothing there's only really one person who probably can like understand that so he so a little bit after like the school bell rings, I guess the first thing he does is text Elliot. Yeah. Types up the phone. Hey, I haven't had Robin in any of my classes. How about you? Um, have I? No, Robin has not been in any of anyone's classes. Okay, then he's gonna text back. I honestly haven't been paying all that much attention, but I don't think so. Casper, do you have gossip? Oh, I have gossip. Let's find out. Double check. I'm sure I do. Uh, I have. I do. I have gossip. Would you like to make a roll? And would you like to spend any points from your pool to increase the roll? 
I would love to do that. I will expend a point from my pool. For the lovely audience at home who do not know how to play Bubblegum Shoe, would you like to elaborate a bit more what, about what the pool means? You have skills in Bubblegum Shoe, like you've probably heard us roll already. You have a rating for that, which is a set number that you pick in a stat spread. This rating tells you how good you are at that skill. That number is also how many points you have in your pool. You can spend points from that pool in a single day to increase the roll, but then they're gone for the day. Your rating does not go down, though, but your pool does. That makes like, sense. I yeah. The way I found yeah. out to think about it that's really useful is it, it's like hit dice in D&D. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's kind of. That's a a really good comparison, yeah. Yeah. And because I do not trust my rolls at all, I did expend a point and I got a two and a three, so for a total of five. Awesome. You figure out through the rumor mill that Robin has changed schools and moved towns because Robin's dad was the secretary to the mayor. And though, again, no wrongdoing was done by him, was just too close to the situation, lost their job, and just couldn't handle the backlash from everyone people were blaming him and accusing him of being in on it even though the police found no wrongdoing so he took robin and his wife and they moved to another town just the absolute guilt that casper feels once again has just been permeating throughout the entire day continue sexing elliot says yeah i figured i didn't want to believe it but she is no longer uh, in town Fast forwarding to the end of the day, it is now time for club activities. You all converge on the Defectives Club room, where it has a little paper sign that says Detectives Club, but someone has vandalized it and like crossed out the T and changed it into an F. Mm-hmm. Come on. Once again, happens yeah. every time you fix it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, every time we, we replace it, and it's <laughs> always just bad. Casper tears it off the off the wall, just crumples and says, I'll make a new one. Yeah, Teddy very excitedly goes to open the door so we can get in our club. In the past years, your advisor has been the health teacher who just really doesn't care what you do. Like he's he's there for <laughs> the little bit of extra money he gets for being a after school advisor and just sleeps in the back at the desk of the room and like watches movies and just lets you do whatever you want. He is not there. Craig's not here? Craig is not there. Are there any other teachers there? No. Sweet word, supervised. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with that. Maybe because we're seniors. Yeah, probably. Oh. Maybe it's because we're seniors, really? Yeah. Is that? I think so, too? right? That I, makes sense. I think we're responsible. I mean, we've cracked such a big case. They probably trust us now. They're like, these guys know what they're doing. They're being safe. They're being responsible. Yeah, as as yeah. Evelyn's saying that, Teddy's lighting up a joint. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, no. That just looks at Elliot, who absolutely probably does know, like, <laughs> why it's like this. Yeah, yeah. I think there's like a you can see a moment. I kind of want to, but he's not going to. Not, not, in, not in the building. Maybe, yeah, maybe outside, but not in the building. He will not be participating in any uh, smoking. But he, I think he just kind of gives Casper a little shrug, like, eh, it's our friends. They just do this, you know. Yeah. And as you have this interaction, there is a tap, tap, tap of a pen against the door frame. You turn. I'm gonna petty. I instantly, we like stand, we're all like standing in front of Teddy, like <laughs> hiding them behind us. Yeah, like, yeah. Hey, what's up? Ember yeah. makes it as big as possible. <laughs> you see, yeah. Sagwa, who's been sleeping the whole time, bits on the joint end and puts it out, and then wraps around your hand to make <laughs> the joint look like it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> And then just like takes it and crawls back into your sweatshirt. Mm-hmm. This is something that happens fairly often. Mm-hmm. It's still weird. It's still weird to Elliot. He does not know what Zugla is, but he knows that's not a fair. I've explained it several times. I've gone into such hardcore detail. It is like the I, biggest I, conspiracy board. I made like, a PowerPoint. 
I made I made a PowerPoint Wait, that one time. Wrote a tangent, wrote a tangent. Who's at the door? <laughs> at the door is Principal Deli. Oh, God. oh, cool. Ugh, the murderer. Very annoying looking, half bald, white male who got the job probably because he knows someone or just because, you know, he applied and no one else did. You've known for years that he doesn't really care about being a principal. That's one of the reasons you all have gotten away with a lot of the stuff that you've done. He has a very hands-off approach when it comes to the school. He's just there to get paid and get out. Hands-off approach as if you were driving a truck and your hands were just off the wheel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Hands off. And the cargo was precious, precious children. The future. (laughs) So you get the vibe that he really doesn't like kids. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Evelyn's like, oh my god, oh great, it's so good you're here. I have this petition letter about um, not putting us all in classes. I think you're making a huge mistake, and I, you know, I'm just trying to help. Wait, the you're not in classes? No, we're not, none of us are in the same class. Oh, yes, yes, that was a calculated decision by the school board and myself due to recent events. Yeah, and here's the, and here's the petition about it. Okay, he looks at it, he's like, um, you only have two signatures on this, and he hands it back. Casper did not sign it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to sign El- it. <laughs> Elliot did. Yeah. Yeah, Elliot and Evelyn are the two signatures. <laughs> oh, no, I guess we, pro- we probably have Edie's on there as well. Oh, yeah. I forgot oh, yeah. to sign Edie will 100%. Well... As you can see, Craig has resigned from being your advisor, and he's already gone home for the day. What? Resigned? Yes, he... What do you mean? What? He Why? does not... We're a delight. <laughs> We're a sweet treat. As we talk I'm not here him. to argue, I'm just here to inform you that you currently do not have an advisor. So, if you don't find a replacement by the end of the week, your club will be shut down. We, we gotta find an advisor. Why do we have to find an advisor? I don't know why you're... Like, Teddy, we've got, like... All of you guys are loved by at least like one teacher at this school. We're going to be fine. I was thinking that since you all are seniors and you've proven yourself with your skills of being detectives, you know, with the whole mayor thing, um, I was thinking maybe of just letting you go advisorless for the year. Um, yes, that, that option. I like the sound of that. Sounds good. Yeah. Good idea. looks so suspicious. All I would ask... Teddy goes to pull out his joint again, but he thinks better of it and doesn't. All I would ask is that, um, you may not know this, but I've decided to run for mayor to replace our interim mayor once we have our election. Currently, I'm running unopposed, but since you did, uh get rid of the last mayor i was thinking it would be great if you gave me your seal of approval slash endorsement for my run as mayor bro what uh i think elliot starts laughing but it's just like he's <laughs> like he doesn't mean to <laughs> sorry he's gonna like hit him with the leg a bit um, <clears throat> may we have a moment to consult as a group please sure and then he like just like awkwardly steps out and she like waits the, like yeah gestures for him to leave the room closes the door and he's just like this this is my school it's my school well it's our fucking room yeah 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 Yeah, it's our room it's Uh our club so the answer's no right thought process yeah no No, I mean a lot of people in the town don't like this already no we can't consider that you think they'd like us better if we got Deli in the office Deli is I didn't say get in the office I said we could give him we just have to say that we don't dislike him but people will like take our endorsement for like good value because we're the ones that exposed the previous will they Name so. one person okay. in this school. Name one person in the school who listens to us. Edie. <laughs> she doesn't count. She's not a person. <laughs> oh. uh, I don't know. This. I mean, okay. Let's not forget. Let's not forget. He is a murderer. Okay. Is he? He is an avid hunter. Oh. He goes out 
every fucking year and is out there finding poor innocent deer families and making bambies out of them that's very specific and i don't think we can just call our principal murderer without the context of that part so next time you say he's a murderer we already have a murderer arch is sitting right there that's true has anybody seen her husband has anybody seen mr arch i haven't seen him all summer we have hey hey guys as like a point of reference for the series we have to let that one go i cannot keep stopping at i'm never letting it go never evelyn i'm begging you I cannot no, have right. another night staking out outside so, of Mrs. So we're not, we, we can't give him our endorsement, right? Like, that's that's what we're coming you to. You could smoke. You can smoke every club if you do. Okay, hang on. Wow. Don't lie. I'm just saying. Really no, you are really considering it. I can't. I can't. I can't okay. endorse him. Okay, group decision. Group decision. Okay, then, well, who's our supervisor? We will find some. What about uh, Mr. Marks? Doesn't yeah. he do the no, playoff? No, Mr. Marks runs the... He's going to be doing the musical after school. Okay. I-, I could ask my aunt. Miss Nova? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't she in charge of, like, the science fair, though? Yeah, but like that's it, we're small. Like all she has to do is come in every once in a while. We could just be in the same room. We could join yeah. the science club and just I like not do it. That. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, hey, I guess. Here's an alternative. <laughs> maybe it's good that we don't have an advisor. Or maybe uh, Casper looks at the crumpled like ball of like the detectives, detectives clubs graffiti on the door and says, "Maybe you just shouldn't have it this year." Have an advisor. It's a very funny joke, Casper, but it's really not the time. I'm just saying, our reputations among our own peers is already bad enough, and if we go ahead and endorse Mr. Deli, our own peers are going to think of us even worse. Right, exactly. And so we shouldn't endorse him. We shouldn't endorse the murderer. Agreed. Not because he's a murderer, but because he's our god-awful principal. That too. But sure, that too. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right. So I open the door, and I say, no thanks, and I close the door. Okay. I I I think Elliot was the only one who did not speak up at the mention of destroying the detectives club. Basically, he is looking at Casper very concerned and a little confused because that's never in his mind been an option. Like even after graduation, in his head, detectives club is still gonna be together. That's that was a little shook him up a little. It was bit. a it was a very out there suggestion for Casper. Yeah. Originally, he was like, yeah super into this and then over the summer it kind of waned the fact that they're outward like yeah i think we should probably disband you know like something not right it's a very yeah. funny joke i'm just saying we can do detective stuff on our own maybe just not at our school building or ah uh, so you're saying we should meet outside the school together mm. sure uh, and i think elliot once again can clearly see this is casper backtracking yeah he's um he's concocting a theory Okay, there's but too much happening. Principal Deli opens the door and goes, Excuse me, you don't just shut the door in my face. Well, we did. Ooh. Yeah, d- d- don't do that. You also don't spray tan that much either, but here we are. Very under his breath, but loud enough for people to hear. <laughs> Elliot's gonna start laughing like, again. Okay, do you want... I'm rescinding the offer. You need to find an advisor by the end of the week. Otherwise, club is disbanded and you cannot meet here. Here's some pins. Give them to your parents. And hands you these pins that says, Deli delivers. God. That's, damn it, that's a good, that's a good it's, line. It's pretty clever. It's pretty clever. It's, Who's your campaign manager? You say this in front of him? <laughs> oh, I just, I just work in my office uh, during the school day. I get a lot done. You're doing campaigning at school? And he just turns and he leaves. He's like, end of the week. Evelyn's taking notes to see if she can get him fired because he's not doing schoolwork <laughs> at school. Yeah, I feel like this is definitely something de- the Board of Education should know about. Yeah. So, are you going to go look for an advisor or are you going to hang out in the room? I mean, the rest of the teachers 
all have, they're all lack clubs right now, so we can't organise, like, any teacher who would still be at school is either running a different club or has gone home. You would know the teachers that are still here would be Mr. Marks, who's meeting with some of the theatre kids mm. to get ready for auditions. They'll be in, like, two weeks. Mrs. Arch is running chess club. Miss Nova is always after school. She currently doesn't have a club. There is the science fair, but that's not like a thing that meets every day. And then Mr. Raphael Riff, who's the music teacher, is also still here because he does mm -hmm. lessons after. And he also doesn't have a club. True, but yes, but I'm scared. I'm scared. For, for good reason. To Miss Nova. You can't talk to him. Yeah, let's yeah. go to Miss Nova. Why can't you talk to Raphael Riff? Because, he, well, number one, he's creepy as fuck. Number two, <laughs> he, he, he's he's got a vendetta against us, the Defectives Club, specifically. And number That's three, he's creepy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. number three, he's creepy as fuck. Mm -hmm. We, what was it, like sophomore year, we all got together, I think it was at Evelyn's uh, request, that we look mm -hmm. into, like, the teacher's qualifications to see if we could find some case material, and we found out that Mr. Riff has been lying on his fucking resume and all his goddamn background information. And he didn't yeah. get fired. And he didn't get fired yeah, for that, that, right? Like, he was he over here. Find anybody else. Oh, I, I was in the, the LA whatever musical hall or whatever bullshit, Orchestra, like, super yeah. fancy, yeah, and, like, he straight up wasn't. Yeah. If we lie for like a permission slip that's bad but if he lies about his job to be around children that's right. fine apparently his yeah it's uh, ridiculous for the audience at home Raphael riff he's had this job for a while now but he's been claiming he was a part of the philharmonics orchestra in los angeles and then came to teach here after he left which he never actually got in he auditioned many times and then gave up and moved back and started teaching music which our lovely club exposed and now have a very dicey relationship with it's very tense yeah for sure all right well let's go talk to miss nova then right because i mean it's the yeah, almost right. obvious yeah, nova. yeah sure yeah you guys can go ahead and do that i was gonna head to the theater we're uh oh what is it this year into the woods. <gasps> yes. So hey, if you're ever interested in one to cast up on, looks at Evelyn. I already know your sizes like by the back of my hands, so yeah. it'd be probably easiest for you for me to make a costume for. If you need someone who's five foot two and tone deaf, let me know. Sure. And British, yeah. apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Pretends not to hear it. So uh, we head down to the science classroom to talk mm -hmm. to Miss Nova. I think when the group kind of splits off, Elliot will text Casper just as they're walking. He's being very nonchalant about it, but he's going to ask if Casper is okay. Casper just sends a thumbs up emoji. That's rough. Uh, Ooh, is that not great? That's not good, right? Nope. Cool. We're going to talk about that later, but uh, yep. we don't have to unpack all that yet. Yeah, not, not yet. We will, though. The theory grows. Just let myself into the science class. I don't know if the door's open or closed, but I just like walk in. Miss <laughs> Nova is there and she is dipping half her sandwich into liquid nitrogen and then Ooh. watching it oh. as it thaws out under a heat lamp and taking notes. Okay. That looks delicious. Uh... I think the door is open, Elliot's just still gonna knock on it. <laughs> Elliot, how are you? Hi, hi, we're great. Well, actually, we're okay. We have a little bit of a predicament, and yes. we think can help us yes. out. I'll My do it. Dearest, lovely aunt. Yes? Yes. Great. You don't know what it is yet. That's okay. I trust you. Oh, also, I okay. really didn't like the mayor, so, I mean, I'm glad he's gone. Has Have we heard that from anybody? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Like, oh. your parents have kind of echoed us, uh, like, a sentiment of being like, you did a good yeah, job. Yeah, those are our parents. Yeah. Like, they have to say that. Yeah. 
Miss Nova kind of like goes on a little ramble about how like she's always loved the town and you know she's always thought the mayor was sleazy and she didn't like the way he ran things and that if she was mayor she would do things completely different well no there's a thought I think Ellie's gonna settle up to the desk just as she's rambling he rambles very similar I think to how she does so if they're both rambling it's just gonna keep going on and on but he's gotta focus I think he's just gonna lean on over the desk can I ask you a question same vein of course how how do you feel about the uh principal and how he runs things oh complete doofus thank you did you know and then he's gonna pull out that whatever we were just given the thank you pin and just like hold it out to her like did you know that he's running she takes a tongs and she like reaches into the liquid nitrogen and pulls out a bunch of buttons he tried to give these all to my last class of the day and she like drops them on the counter and they just shatter oh my god i think uh i have to clear i have we have to clarify because I'm stressing out right now. I haven't been able to smoke in like two hours and I'm losing my mind. So, Miss Nova, we need somebody to be our advisor for the detectives club. Are you in? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That sounds like an adventure. Sweet. Okay, I have to go. I have to go smoke. I mean, go to work. Uh, I have to go. He means cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And she winks. So yeah, I just grab, I get on my skateboard fully on like the second floor, whatever we're on, and I go downstairs yeah. and I leave the building. <laughs> that wraps up the school day. Casper kind of meets with the design team and they're talking about like what kind of sets and costumes they want to do and how casting's going to run. That goes pretty, pretty smoothly. There's not a lot of contention. And then... Elliot's absolutely going to dip his, his pin into that concoction as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm not keeping that. Yeah, drop the pin in there. Yep. All right. And... You have Ooh. an advisor. We have an Pretty advisor. Good. I like that. did it, everyone. We had a guest. Now, we cut to Miss Nova's home. It's late evening and the sun has just set. Miss Nova feeds her cats and sits down at her laptop in the living room. Out of the corner of her eye, she sees some movement outside. She looks out the window, but doesn't seem to see anything. Then pulls the curtains closed, sits back down, and begins to drink some tea. Suddenly... The doorbell rings. She looks at the clock with some confusion. Miss Nova puts down her tea, heads to the door, and slowly opens it. Oh, hi. What are you doing here so late? Well, obviously it must be important if it couldn't wait till school tomorrow. Come in. We see the door shut from the outside, and we slowly pan out. And after a few moments from behind the curtains, we see a flash of light. And that's where we'll end our episode. We hope you enjoyed the first episode of The Defectives Club by Brain Adventures. To stay up to date on The Defectives Club, as well as all Brain Adventures content, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at BrainADVPodcast. The next episode of The Defectors Club will come out on June 27th. We are moving to monthly releases because Izzy and I fund Brain Adventures completely out of our own pockets. We also pay everyone involved with our projects so we can ensure to bring you top-tier content. If you'd like more Brain Adventures content more often, the best way to help is to tell your friends, share our content, and engage with us online. Also, please rate and review Brain Adventures wherever you listen. This will help us appear in the algorithm more often. Once we grow more as a pod, we'll be able to start a Patreon and get sponsors. As always, thank you for listening to Brain Adventures. And don't forget to believe in the unbelievable.